When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. But, no, I've, I've been kind of chuckling to myself driving home because I just I say, you know, I, we can play so much better. We have played so much better, but there were games where we, we would lose. And I drive home and I say, I don't know that I can play a lot better. Like, that's about as good as, as I can do. And, and we lost. And then these games this year, a lot of times it's been, man, thanks to the defense, thanks to the special teams, thanks to turnovers, thanks to our run game, thanks to whatever, uh, we're winning. But, um, man, I can play a lot better. Wow. Let's, let's put a pin in that for a second. We'll circle back to that. Enlightened Kirk Cousins. It's kind mm-hmm. of a... a a loosey-goosey version of Kirk Cousins there. This is Purple Daily. Speaking of loosey-goosey, Mackie, Judd, our executive producer, Declan over there. And uh, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die, which is what we tell you every single day. You know, starting 6-1, and one, not a bad way to pave a path to a Super Bowl. You know, you got to start somewhere in the regular season. The show is presented by our friends at TCL. Redefine creativity with the TCL 30V 5G smartphone. Enjoy blazing fast 5G speed, an AI-powered 50-megapixel triple camera system. That's right. Football. Ultra-realistic, true-to-life visuals powered by Next Vision and booming sound from the dual speakers. Learn more at TCL.com. And we're counting down the days here. We're just, what, three days away from the next Purple Daily Surly Watch Party and live vent line at first round inside Mall of America, Judd. If you want to drink from this glass, first round glass. The chalice. And then, but if you want to fill it up with this before I die from our friends at Surly, then you want to be with us joining us for our event line Surly watch party, as Phil just said, at first round Sunday at Mall of America. So we're all going to be nice and warm this time. First floor in the mall, in right inside Nickelodeon Universe by, I believe it's, it's, Dex Legoland, yep. correct? Big Legoland. Okay. Yep. So we will be spending the day there, noon kickoff, talking Vikings, drinking plenty of uh, Furious, Before I Die, Logic Bombs, and then post game, Vent Line kicks in. And if you're, you're there, we'll certainly have a mic for you to ask some questions and comment as well. It's going to be a fun day of watching Viking football. Again, Mall of America, free parking, easy access, first floor, and first round. Super cool sports bar. So uh, join us and enjoy a fun day of Vikings and Commanders. Yes, we'd love to see as many of you as possible. Um, this is the State of the Offense edition of Purple Daily. Every single Thursday we go and do a deep dive into different offensive trends, kind of where are things at. So we'll get to the overall snapshot in a bunch of categories. But, you know, one of my personal biggest criticisms of Kirk Cousins has been just his his lack of admitting when he isn't doing his job at a good enough level or he he's he's very much been I just work here guy in the way that he sort of goes about his business the first few years of his Vikings career mm-hmm. whether it's like hey I mean I don't the coach calls the timeouts or well we'll have you know he throws a pick and it's always like well we'll have to kind of go look at the film and see what happened there as opposed to just owning the things that are bad and maybe deflecting uh not that he he never like took credit for people but he would he had a hard time i think just owning the things that he wasn't doing well for years and years and i don't love that kind of leadership i think that's part of the reason why i've criticized his leadership that clip this is middle of the season he's got a hooded sweatshirt on he's got his new head coach that empowers him but also doesn't 
you know, publicly crucify him when he makes a mistake. That's probably the most candid we've heard him in terms of, I mean, the he, he did say, you know, there's times last year where we'd lose games and uh, felt like I was playing pretty perfectly, which we could probably debate that. But, uh, but for him to say, yeah, I can play a lot better this year and it's the other things around me that are really elevating this thing. I just it it just feels like he's much more free to yes be himself and to you know I guess be a leader under Kevin O'Connell which shouldn't be that surprising I suppose. So I sniffed around about this a little bit because the change to me has been striking and and you know Kirk is not going to come out and say I'm a different guy no question I've changed completely. Uh but I was asking around about this this change because it's it might be in some ways subtle but in some ways it is big. Uh, basically, and this makes perfect sense. What I was told was, I think that there was a fear on Kirk's part previously with Mike and that coaching staff here that anything he said was going to be interpreted wrong. And so he tried to say nothing. And and he was afraid to basically uh, throw himself under the bus because I think in his mind, that would have only been providing ammunition for people who were already not big fans of Kirk Cousins. In this case, that fear is gone. And so he can basically say, yeah, you know what? Um, things things statistically might not be great, but we're winning games. And so, yeah, I think the I think the big step here is Kirk, for the first time in four-plus years here, correct, finally feels the freedom to be him, himself. And I'll go back to saying that doesn't – it's not like I think he's turned into Brady in his prime as far as that goes. I mean, Kirk Cousins – is never going to be an alpha type of personality, but I love the fact that it it appears he's very comfortable now being him. And just to be clear here, so I think behind the scenes previously, he was not nearly as afraid to be himself with teammates. So I think largely what we're seeing publicly is the biggest change. Mm-hmm. So I think his teammates who he, he was friends with have known this guy for quite some time. I think what's more important now, though, is he knows if you know when his quotes show up in the media that they're not going to be interpreted incorrectly or provide ammunition for people that don't like him to pile on him. Yep, and of course, I always had an issue with the idea that you know we're talking about a bunch of grown men that make millions of dollars, and this idea a lot of fans had that like, well, the coach has his thumb on everyone. Well. Bill Belichick has his thumb on everyone, and Tom Brady as a great leader found ways to yes. make it his team, right? Or Pat Mahomes, and like it, it, great leaders kind of just rise up. And Kirk's not that, but the fact that Kirk, I think, is emerging into the best version of whatever he can be on that front is uh, is very telling here. And it is it is one of the biggest highlights of the coaching change. Just Kirk Kirk feels a freedom, I think, to. It's okay. You don't have to be paralyzed by the fact that you're not playing your best football necessarily in the first couple months. The team is doing well, and there's room for you. There's There seems to be just like a, almost like an exhale factor from Kirk here that maybe didn't exist under under Mike Zimmer. Um, some of this dovetails into the state of the offense categories, too, so maybe we should just sure. get right into it, if you guys would Meat like. potato, state of the offense, baby. Let's start with the overall snapshot of where the Vikings rank offensively in four key categories. Mm-hmm. Now, the goal has been this should be a top 10 offense, right? This you got wide receivers. You got one of the 12 to 15 best quarterbacks in the world. Maybe sometimes he's fringe top 10. You got Dalvin Cook. Your offensive line's better. Uh, you know, you're scheming better than you have in several years. So the goal going into the season, at least as set by us, was can this be a top 10 offense, top 10 scoring offense? Boys, I have breaking news for you. Okay. As of last week's games, for the first time all season, the Minnesota Vikings have a top 10 scoring offense. They are ninth in the league Get the in flag points gun. per game. Oh, Stella. Hold on a second. No one warned me. Stella, where's the flag? Bring it back here. All right, here we go. We got it. Thank you. Good job. Here's your neutral source. There we go. We, we have arrived. It. We have arrived. We got it. Into Number the nine. top 10. Number nine. No, Number nine. got to sustain it. Ideally, maybe you climb higher, but the Vikings are ninth in points per game. 
They are 15th in yards per play, 11th in pro football or in uh, football outsiders DVOA advanced metric, and uh, 12th in expected points added advanced metric. But in terms of points, so they're fringed you know, between 10 and 15 in these other ones. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they are a top 10 scoring offense going into this week's game against the Commanders. And they just bypassed 10. They basically said, screw 10. We'll take 9. I think they were like 13th. I think they, <laughs> they jumped were, from, yeah, they like to 9th. 13th or 14th, yeah. Yes, exactly. So, and yeah. it wasn't like they had an outburst offensively last week. So, well, uh, scoring's down still, correct? Yeah, there must have been some teams within like the fringe of the top 10 that just had terrible offensive performances mm-hmm. or something. So, but this is, I mean, it, I don't think anyone expected the offense to be perfectly honed in the first month of the season. So coming out of the bye week, this would be the time now to start making hay. Whatever your offense is supposed to look like. And now you've added TJ Hawkinson. Probably need to give him a couple weeks to get up to speed. But um, top 10 offense. I was watching some film last night, though. Oh. TJ Hawkinson film. This, is, this has potential. Oh, yeah? This has real potential. What was your favorite thing that stood out watching TJ Hawkinson film. Um, the yak is going to be substantial. He's not fast, but he but if this makes sense, he has moves. So Football. like his foot speed's not great, but he has moves and he can one hundred percent turn the corner. Oh. Um I'm gonna tell you right now to go back to, to the play that we dissected, talked about in depth. It was great yesterday. On that, I think it was third and ten, and Irv got eight. He gets about fourteen. Yeah. He's got he's got the ability. If you watch his film, um, he's not going to break away. So so he's not going to go to the house on Yak. But what he is going to do is he can catch the ball, plant and turn, which is he's actually also tough to bring down. Right? He's boy. just he's yeah, yeah. Oh, a, very he, much so. He's strong. I, I feel like I've seen many T.J. Hawkinson catches where there's just like three guys hanging off of his arm and his leg, and I'm going to say six foot five, like two hundred. 55 pounds or something. Yeah, and I'm going to say something, and I mean it as praise. Um, I feel like he is Rudolph in his prime, but is harder to get. So it felt like Kyle Kyle got some yak in his prime, but I also felt like he, he sometimes got tackled a little bit prematurely. Hawkinson will get tackled before he breaks away completely, but that doesn't stop him from, from you know picking up 15 yards. Yeah. Which no, that is makes a sense. And, huge thing. And Kyle, it, it, there's like a it. there's an alternate universe in which didn't Kyle tear hamstrings in college yes. too, and came off the know. bone. Ugh. But you know, what what would his career look like with yeah. just maybe a this is a, good a little pickup. little bit more of a speed burst there? But yeah, that makes sense. Kirk's gonna love this. All right, category number one. Speaking of Kirk, mm-hmm. so I'm going to give you guys some different categories of offensive trends, and we will do deep dives into them. And the first category is called Colossus of Clutch. And the executive summary is Kirk Cousins is learning how to play the game late in halves. Oh, yeah. Time to play the game. So first three years as Vikings quarterback, 2018, 19, and 20. No quarterback in the NFL threw more interceptions inside six minutes of the first and second halves than Kirk Cousins. This made my... I, I didn't I didn't think it was that bad. I'll be honest. He threw 16 interceptions his first three years with the Vikings wow. in the final six minutes of the halves. Wow. He was 29th in passer rating inside six minutes of first and second halves. First three years as a Viking. Behind Nick Foles, behind Carson Wentz, behind Jameis Winston, behind the old version of Eli Manning... Mike Glennon was ahead oh. of him in passer rating inside those minutes. Love that neck. Great neck. Mike Glennon. Um, and he only had three fourth quarter comebacks combined across 2018, 19, 20. So let that sink in for a second. All right. That's that's not good. And I think the, the eye test would have – there was just so many times where, all right, here it's time. Here we go. It's time for the big – the big fourth quarter comeback or the big drive before the half, and it was just fart noise, you know, for three years. The last two years, Kirk Cousins, again, who threw 16 picks across his first three years as a Viking inside the you know, final six minutes of the half, only two interceptions since the beginning of last year 
in those moments. 15th in passer rating, up from 29th in those moments. And six fourth quarter comebacks in a year and a half versus three in three full years, 18, 19, 20. This year specifically, Kirk Cousins is ninth in passer rating inside six minutes of the halves. And he has the fourth most passing first downs converted. I mean, he has taken some giant leaps when you need him. When when the opposing team right. knows you're probably going to pass too, right? It's like late in the half. You know, these are close games a lot of times. You're, you're trying to put a game away at the end of the game or come back. Or you're trying to get that last score before the first half ends. And uh, measurably, he has been considerably better since the beginning of last year than his first three years as a Viking. Oh, get the flag. All right, here get we the go. flag. I got the flag. The Colossus of Clutch. I got the flag. Colossus The fourth quarter pharaoh. Colossus spelled with a K, I hope. The secondary slayer. Got to spell it with a K. Oh, Kirky McClutcherton. There he I is. I am the f- game, JR. He's learning how to play the game so, at age 34. Let's get it. So let's take those stats, which are very Im- impressive. Both ways, because impressively bad for three years, impressively good and yeah. really good in 2022. Uh, and this is where the conversation to me, though, goes about Kirk's stats when when we talk about, well, he's having a uh, back-of-the-football year, career down year, statistically. that I don't know. I like Would I like him to get more comfortable, and he, which he continues to talk about? Absolutely. He can do more. I have no question about that. But if you were to tell me again, hey, he's going to be putting up real good back of the football card stats, or he's going to be delivering game winning drives, to me, it's not GWDs. even GWDs. Give me yeah. the GWDs. And the GWD clots a clutch. It's not even a conversation. I'm, hold on. Wait a minute. Uh, my arms are getting tired. I'm about to turn 53, okay? Well, lots of shoulder here. Oh, my God. Oh, hold on. You know you know, I'm contractually obligated with our bosses to wave it's, this it's damn a, thing. It's a clause. Whenever time I hear Dan Seaman yeah. told me I'm out if I don't wave it at the right time. So that's, that's to me, on State of the Vikings offense, where the Kirk um, statistical discussion is like, okay, his stats are down. He's clearly improving. They've won six games. But mo- but most importantly, when you needed him most, and when for you know, as you just documented, Phil, for three years we knew statistically and eye test wise he basically choked. He is now um, playing a key role too. It's no fluke. He is now consistent. He's the dagger doctor, I think, is what you're trying to say. Well, you jokingly said that a couple of years ago. Jokingly, you jo- <laughs> you jokingly said it. You mocked it, and pish you weren't posh. wrong. And uh, pish posh. And, you know, this is what I will happily take at least the combination that gets Kirk to a place where when it's late in the game or half, you don't say, oh, my God, here we go again. You're right. I'm trying try to remember when we first started calling him all these things. It was the, early. The, the late game luminary. It was 2020. It was during it was the 20. pandemic. Yeah. It was a pandemic yes. season. It was 2020. You were still, still here. here. Yeah. In studio yeah. with that damn hat on. Yep. And it, it was, it was, yeah, I mean, it was. Tongue in cheek, obviously. The hat made the move, move, right? The hat's in Seattle. Well, the hat, yeah, the hat's right here. But the but is the but the sign's there, not there right. anymore. Right? Okay. Well, the, the sign is a, it's an adjustable sign. I, can, I mean, oh yeah, no, I know. I can slap that there. sign back on. <laughs> but he, yeah, I mean, we, yes, it was very much tongue in cheek because we were looking back at eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and like we even had data then that showed. I think we looked up at one point that if you look at you know last six minutes of the fourth quarter trailing by two scores or less or tied. So basically your team needs you. You 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 need a touchdown or you need to come back in some form and he was awful statistically right. in those situations for his career. Right. And so we mockingly called him the Colossus of Clutch and you know rightfully so. Like dude, you're getting paid 35 million dollars. your team needs you. Mm-hmm. And so the credit to him here is that he has, at age 33, 34, you know, he's seen enough defensive looks, and now he's got the coach, at least this year. He started doing this last year, but he's got the coach now, and uh, there's probably a couple more fourth-quarter comebacks in there even this season. Like, this is the best he's been late in halves ever, and he deserves a ton of credit. And I'm with you. If I ha- if Now, it would be nice if he was just playing lights out across the board in all situations. He is not yet this year. But if you're going to give me... All right, he can only play lights out for a, a portion of the game. Right. Do you want it to be uh, the scripted drive to start and, uh, you know, early in the third? 
or do you want it to be in the final six minutes of the first and second half? I, I think we would all choose the, the high leverage point of the game is the time where you need him the most. So Amen. a credit to the dagger doctor, Kirk Cousins. All right, category number two. This one's called you like that? You like that? Offensive Success Rate. We've brought this up before on the show. There's a weird trend here that, that doesn't quite make sense. Um, or maybe it does, actually. But I'm going to throw this out at you guys. So success rate, as measured in the NFL, is if you get 40% of the needed yards on first down, it's a successful play. If you get 60% of yards on second down, it's a successful play. If you convert on third and fourth down, it's a success. So on third and 10, if you get eight yards, it is not a successful play, statistically. If you get 10 or 11 or 20 yards, it is. First down, if you run into the line of scrimmage and you get two yards, it would be classified by these analytic sites as a non-successful play. If you gain four yards or five yards, okay, you've, You've moved the ball forward to put yourself in a chance on second down, right? So that's the, that's the premise of this. The Vikings offense this season ranks third in offensive success rate hmm. behind Buffalo and Kansas City. That's incredible. However, in terms of overall expected points added, Buffalo and Kansas City are number one and number two. The Vikings are 13th, as we said, off the top of the segment. And so what does this mean? It means that even though all it's like in baseball, all three of us are fighting for the batting title. We're all hitting 320, 318, 315. But Judd and Declan are also hitting 50 home runs. I have 12. That's what this means. So the Vikings are moving the chains and keeping things going and having successful plays at the third highest rate in the NFL. But the difference between the Vikings, Buffalo, and Kansas City are Buffalo, Kansas City are adding these big chunk home run plays on a more regular basis. The Vikings are kind of doing the bare minimum to keep. That's why you see a lot of these like 12 play touchdown drives. How many times have the Vikings had a quick strike three play touchdown drive this year? Right. They only have seven receptions of 20, 20 yards in the air this year. So the Vikings offense is more of a methodical, long drive, short passes, move the chains, third and six, convert, whereas Buffalo, Kansas City are are throwing haymakers. So that's sort of the next evolution. It's death by paper cuts versus haymakers. But this is a very good sign that schematically they're just like they're moving things along at a very, very high clip, but they need that next level of explosiveness to really reach the peak of their offense. Does that all make sense? Yes. It's, 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 I mean, if you're using the batting average comparison, the, the Vikings are Luisa Rice and the Bills and Chiefs are Aaron Judge. Yes. Right? 100%. I mean, same thing. It, the, both of them are hitting 320. they They're both clawing for the batting title. One of them is hitting home runs on every fifth, sixth at bat. And Luisa Rice, who's a very good hitter, isn't going to hit for much power, but will get on base and do all the good things, good things there. So I, I think with the Vikings offense, too, Seaford had this note that they are averaging, like, Nine plays a touchdown drive. So it's like all their touchdown drives, to Phil's point, are long, time, time, chunk, uh, time chunking drives that, that take time off the clock but aren't big plays. You're not going to find – Josh Allen's going to find digs for a 50-yard strike. The Vikings are going to move down the train, get in that low red zone, and then find Johnny Munt because Justin Jefferson's double-covered, right? So that's, that's fine, successful, but can you figure out a way to have more big play, whether that's with J.J., maybe it's T.J. Hawkinson, Thielen, K.J. Osborne, et cetera, because that's what probably separates the Vikings offense from the Bills or Chiefs yeah. offense. And some people might say, well, what, but isn't that what you want? Like, I, yes, if you, could, if you could just sustain and replicate 10-play touchdown drives all the time and get your defense to be fresh coming back, Yes, that's amazing. I think the question is, how sustainable is that? I mean, at some point, you're going to run through several games where you're just not going to be able to put together 10 plays. So you need, yes. Until Sunday, that's the problem. So you need the ability to just hit someone over the head with a big play and, and, and score a touchdown in four plays instead of 11. So... I've been giving this some thought, too, because we, we've talked about this and the lack of big strikes, which is a little bit surprising. But here's what I think part of it comes back to, and I actually think it's a compliment to what O'Connell's done. This offense clearly is not exactly what he wants yet, and it probably won't be 
it probably won't be exactly what he, he wants for at least 2022, if not into 23, because the personnel is going to have to change somewhat to get that. And so I think what he's doing, and I think it's probably smart, is I don't think he is running his offense exactly. I think what he has done, and this is the biggest thing with Kirk, is he has said, okay, here's what Kirk can do. Here's what Kirk do- does well. Here's what we even have. Like, if you had another deep threat by J.J., that changes things dramatically, potentially. But we also know that Kirk doesn't exactly love to throw contested balls down the field at times. Like, there's a lot of things here. So I think where it's a compliment to O'Connell is I think he's done a, done a very good job of marrying what he knows he can do with what he knows his personnel can do, mm-hmm. which is incredibly smart. And for a young coach, it's very, it's very savvy not to force things. And I mean, we how many new coaches in this league do we do we see, i.e., Childress in two thousand six, who come in and say, "No, this is what I do." Yeah, and it's like, hold on, dude, it's what you do, on, but guy. you don't have the same players, guy. Yeah. The players are changing, guy. And so, right, fella, I I think that it's a very interesting thing, and and this is also why I love the what seven games in pickup of Hawkinson. Because it also shows a willingness to try and, and morph and change things midstream, which football-y football people ordinarily are very, very reluctant to. Yeah. So like I so I think there's a conversation here for down the road about what this offense becomes when it comes to big strike plays. But I also think that there is a very good sign of adjustments being made to acknowledge what you have to work with and not trying to force things that are not going to work out. Yep. Yeah. Also, you know, in its simplest form, how many teams were game planning for Irv Smith and and Johnny Mond and these guys? I, not that you just Irv Smith could do some damage if he got the ball, but he just wasn't really a factor. Hawkinson's the guy. He's he's not like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle yet, but he's a guy that you have to at least watch film on and account for in your scheming defensively. So to add someone else, the defensive coordinators are going to have to be like, oh man, if we don't watch out, that guy is capable of catching eight passes for 150 yards and scoring two touchdowns, something he's already done this season, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, we have two more offensive deep dive categories here. But you guys, the audience, you asked, and we are delivering at scorenorth.com slash shop, your official Purple Daily merch store, open for a limited time. We've got the Just One Before I Die hoodies and tees. We've got Victory Monday hoodies and tees, uh, Purple Daily and Score North swag as well. And so thanks to everyone who's already uh, picked up some swag over the last couple of days. We appreciate you supporting us. And uh, we just want to, uh, you know, you guys have been asking for some merch, and we've been kind of trying to figure out some logistics and plans behind the scenes here. And so scorenorth.com slash shop for the Purple Daily lover in your life, the sports dad lover in your life. I love it. The link's in the YouTube bio, by the way. So you don't even have to look for it. Just right there, right in the YouTube comment section. Clickety click. Clickety click. Clickety click. Clickbait officer. Click, click, click. officer. Getting you to click, click. Clickety click. Why don't you click on uh, click on Livia.com if you want to lose weight? Livia.com. That's right? exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly clickety right. Click, and, click, and click, 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 click right loss, now click. because you know what happens if you click and click right now? You are on your way to weight loss. And imagine, imagine, you know, it's going to get cold out ordinarily. This is the time of year when people start to gain weight. They're on the couch. The holidays are coming. And it's just like, I don't know if I want. I don't know about that. But imagine being fit healthy energy is back you're active it is this uh it is this simple my friends livia weight control centers can help you get there and here's the best part first eight weeks right now are free yes i said that first eight weeks are free so get off the couch and you don't have to go to the gym and work out right now no 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 just go to your computer livia.com l-i-v-e-a.com is the place to start i'm going to tell you right now it's not a diet it's a lifestyle change and it is so simple i dropped 40 pounds here's the most important part i am keeping the weight off how do you do that well you know what i can't really tell you exactly but they can livia l-i-v-e-a.com your journey to weight loss starts today join the purple daily family in the success stories because we've had many All right, back to the state of the offense here. Category number three is called shooting yourself in the foot. And the executive summary is the Vikings don't do that very often anymore. So old Makadak here has done a deep dive. Hold on a second. 
Uh, all right. Yeah, I've had to. A deep, We're all doing that. <laughs> we literally, all three of us are doing that right now. It's, uh, it's amazing going what's going around. Going Everyone's around the got it these days. Yeah. I feel like I've had a variation of it for about three weeks now. But um, so false starts, offensive holding, and sacks taken. Those are kind of three of the. When you're watching a football game, it's like, boy, your team is about to do something great, and then, yep. oh, some idiot jumps early, or. Yep. Oh man, holy Udo again! You know that that isn't happening this year. But or you, or you take a sack and now you're now you're in second and seventeen or something. So the Vikings have the second fewest combined false starts, offensive holding penalties, and sacks taken in the NFL this season, behind only the Chiefs. So I'm, I'm kind of making this stat up. It's, an, it's we're we're innovating here on Purple Daily. Uh, we're gonna call it. The false starts, offensive holding, and sacks taken is going to be called shoot yourself in the foot statistic. And the Vikings have the second fewest shoot yourself in the foots, wow. in the feet, in the NFL behind only the Kansas City Chiefs. Very disciplined. And I believe if you uh, were to go through that statistic that you came up with from the 2021 campaign, I believe the Vikings would be near the bottom, right? I mean, it feels like they, they certainly were. They weren't sacked very often last year. They started Cousins with a, has gotten pretty good at that. Their but, first play from scrimmage in Cincinnati was a false start. Yeah, but the other uh, yeah, the other ones, they were among the worst, yes. It feels like they have been a very, aside from Sunday, I think they took 10 penalties in total on Sunday, but aside from the Cardinals game, it feels like they've been a very smart, a disciplined team. Um, and this, you know what, this plays into as well is it plays into the cohesiveness uh, and the improvement overall of the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Because like, if you look at this line now and knock on wood, I do, I don't think they've missed a start yet. I think they've had that entire group uh, through seven games. But that being said, the discipline that this team usually shows is impressive and it doesn't feel like they do things because how often in the last two years before this, you guys, did they get in the red zone? Like the 17, right? And sure as bleep, somebody would fall start. And now you're at the now you're outside of it. And I know it's not much, but now in instead of uh first and ten at the 17, it's it's first and fifteen, and yeah. now you're just outside. So yeah, I think this is absolutely enormous. And again, this is a large credit, in my opinion, to O'Connell. Like he has done, he has done a very good job for a guy who who seems to really be a player's coach, uh, which can be taken advantage of times. I think behind the scenes, it feels like to date he has run a pretty disciplined ship for this team during games. Yeah, the offensive line in total has only committed or or been flagged for eleven penalties. If I'm looking at this right. So, yeah, Bradbury's been been called for four penalties. There was also, one of them was a taunting. Yeah. Well. And then I think Ed Ingram was called for a trip at one point. He was. So there's been a couple weird penalties in there, too. He was. But collectively, the Vikings offense, not just the offensive linemen, but everybody, only four offensive holding penalties, knock on wood, through the first, what, wow. seven games of the year. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. So one, one every other game, I like including the tight ends and everyone else. That's a good stat. That's a telling stat for discipline. Yes. The shoots yourself in, in the foot stat. Yep. And, it, and like you said, it's, you know, Cousins doesn't take a lot of sacks. Uh, he, he, he knows how, how to kind of just like fling the ball somewhere. He, he, he did get called, I think, for one grounding penalty this season. But he had one that probably should have been a grounding against the Cardinals. They, they, he just kind of just like flung it. And they said, ah, yeah. oh, Irv Smith was like 15 yards away, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. The fumble against the Cardinals was the most concerning like old school Cousins thing. Yeah, you just yeah, don't. You just, ball ball security issues, yeah. um, and then you know, I, in terms of the false start, they've had six false starts all year. So just to have to have very little snap count confusion is important, and that starts with the quarterback communicating in the huddle and then at the line of scrimmage. So ultimately, you are the one running the show there. Not yep. that you can blame the quarterback if an offensive lineman forgets or gets antsy or something all the time, but but that a lot of that starts with the quarterback. So. Credit to Cousins for some of this. Okay, and then uh, category number four here is called Third Down Jekyll and Hyde. Hmm. According to Football Outsiders, the Vikings are the second best third and short team in the NFL, but the second worst third and long team. 
That's it. Just a weird stat. How they often are the, they're, they're the second best third and short team and second worst third and long team? How often are they in third and long? Do you have that? I don't have that because no. I'd be curious. You know, if it's if it's just a very small sample size, then okay, that's fine. Well, it's the same sample size as the rest of the league. I would assume third, third and long similar. being seven yards, seven or more, seven or more. Yeah, because yeah. that's a that's a tough down then. I think I can pull like it well, up. I, well, because here I'll, I'll loop one back from the category number two. The fact that they have the one of the best success rates in the league, yeah, meaning they're like they're not finding themselves in a lot of third and twelves around. That's here. what I was going to say because yeah, yeah there there's not really a play call that's uh, that's good for third and twelve or third and eleven. So my my thought here, real quick, is that on on third and short, your whole bag of tricks is open, and they've been very they're a very good run blocking team too, and so they've been able to convert. I think they're probably passing largely even on third and short, just anecdotally. Uh, but obviously, it's easier to convert. And then when you've when you've got some of these weapons, and Kevin O'Connell has has done a great job scheming some of the short yardage yes. things, right? The jet sweeps. There's just a lot of things happening that can throw a defense off. Third and long, the defense knows you're passing. And this is people like, oh, you're hating on Cousins. <laughs> no, this is a reality. Kirk Cousins is going to have a harder time than. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, guys with wheels or legs or crazy arm talent with different, you know, they can drop down. When the defense knows you're going to pass, it's just harder as a quarterback. And Kirk doesn't have the mobility and some of the other things that other quarterbacks have to keep a play afloat. And so that, and this has been a thing throughout his entire career. It's just, it's a little harder for him to convert third and long than some of the other Good quarterbacks in the NFL. Until you put TJ Hawkinson in the mix. <laughs> Maybe we'll make it easy. Now it can become simple. <laughs> According to <laughs> NFL GSIS, so um, on third and seven and more, so they have been in those situations, they have ran the ball only five times on third and long, which is actually very good. Uh, but on passing plays, they have been in third and long on 35 times. So 39 plays from third and seven on this season. Look at you. Nice. But they, but to be honest, on third and eight they've been fine. On third and nine they've been fine. It's when they've been on third, ten, and longer that I mean, and it's oh, obviously yeah. it's it's tough, right? Like been third and ten, but they're on yeah. third, ten, and more. They're twenty fourth in the league. So that's where all makes being. sense. Yeah. it's the, the the this all makes sense because they they just don't have deep threats. It, it, again, it's the longer you have to go, the harder it's going to be for Kirk. So totally. So setting yourself up on first and second down is the key to this offense, really. So there you go. Speaking of O'Connell in in Kirk, in in the creativity of of uh, plays in the deep red, and just plays like third and two or so, or fourth and two or so, something like that. Do you guys think that there is a in a vault somewhere at TCO? There is a package of two point conversions that they're not unveiling hmm. because like he's running plays that are confusing. They're really good. But they're confusing to opponents, and it feels like those are plays that are like designed for two point conversions a yeah. lot of times. But you're not going to unveil like you're not just going to do them now because then they're they're on film. Do you guys think there's a chance that you know for key moments where you might really need two points that he's got a package Absolutely. like that? Because I do. Absolutely. Yep. It's it's some of the most creative stuff, the deep red stuff that we've seen. The, the deep red the deep, zone. Well, stuff. and here's the and like here, so so here's a very nuanced small thing. And I know we think, well, but this guy could be used more, and they clearly don't. But it appears that a large part of the reason to date that they went out and made a you know a pretty decent draft pick trade for Rager was to get a guy who could do two things: one, return punts, which is important, mm-hmm. but also like if you look at how he's used, it's a lot of gimmick stuff. But he's an important part to it. Mm-hmm. So you have, to, you have to account for him. The guy runs a four four forty. Exactly. He, he might not be able to run a route and catch a pass on third and twelve. But if it's if it's third and goal from the four, and and he and this this happened on Sunday where it's like third and goal from the four or whatever it was second and goal, and they run Jalen Rager in motion behind the line of scrimmage. He goes from from right to left, and then and then before the ball snap, he's going back left to right, and. Two defenders are kind of like, oh, we got to follow him. If we don't, he could get the ball and score a touchdown, right? And then, yes. and then all of a sudden, Dalvin Cook has an opening to get the ball and score a touchdown, uh, where Jalen Rager was before the ball was snapped. So pretty good decoy. 
Yes. So there's your state of the offense right there. We're uh, third down Jekyll and Hyde shooting yourself in the foot, which they don't do very often. Uh, offensive success rate is on point, and the Colossus of Clutch <laughs> continues his reign over the final six minutes of each half the last year and a half or so. So there you have it. Uh, boys, it's time now for the Random Viking of the Week on Purple Daily. Ooh, boy. All right. This is the contest that people wait all week for. Declan and myself teaming up against the great Judge Zolgad in a battle of Vikings historical wits and trivia. Yep. I love games. I've got the uh, the reins this time around, and Declan will be stepping in, competing against Judd, who has a 38-20 to 20 lead on us all time, going back to uh, the middle of 2021. And this edition of Random Viking of the Week is presented by our friends at Finch Home Solutions. You know what? I wave the flag for the Vikings, right? But let me right now wave the the flag for my friends at Finch Home Solutions because, folks, I want to talk to you about preventing problems in your home. Preventing problems. Electrical work in your home should be preventative safety. So it shouldn't be too late. God forbid. It should be before things go, go wrong. For instance, flickering lights. Flickering lights are bad news. We might dismiss them and be like, oh, it's just a flickering light. Well, you know what? That could mean problems. Don't wait until something has gone wrong. Nope, nope, nope. Reach out to my friends at Finch Home Solutions, 612-357-2604, 357-2604, And be sure to tell uh, Cody and his team that you heard about this on PD because they would like to know, and we especially appreciate all of our sponsors, but they would like to know, you know, if, if you heard about us from, from our show, tell them. Special deals, by the way, if you do, for Purple Daily customers, finchhomesolutions.com. Let's go. All right. LFG here. LFG. I will throw out a series of clues. You guys get up to three incorrect answers each before you are eliminated. You could ask me questions. I can refuse to answer if I want. All right. This random Viking of the week played. I'm just going to give you a, a giant clue right off the bat here. Played college football at Syracuse. We're not going to pussyfoot around here anymore. We're just going to. Oh, you're I'm giving gonna, in to Declan, who, crit- who, who came after my, you. I'm came, changing came, my pitches. Wow, he came changing after you pitches. two weeks ago, and now you're yeah, folding. One last pitch in the repertoire, throw it down the gut, and maybe I'll hit it, okay. or maybe I'll pop up. I don't know. Oh, Played oh, college football at can Syracuse. I, can I ask a question? Already? <laughs> Off of this? Yes, I've got a question. He played at Syracuse. I have a question. We did Kadri Ishmael, correct? Because he played college football at Syracuse. We did do Kadri Ishmael, yes. Because I think I got there's it. A, there's a whole uh, running tab of Phil's organized, unorganized thing of random Vikings of the week, Judd, because I wanted to know, too, in case we did Jeff George last week. So, yes, you're, you're okay. We're, we're tracking all these. <laughs> Dex has the master list yeah. as well. Okay. See, I don't. You see, once again, I've been shut out. I can't get the button bar. <laughs> I can't get sound effects. I can't get the master <laughs> list. All right, this random Viking of the week. His father was a reverend, Reverend Douglas. Douglas is his, the first name of his father, Reverend Douglas. I'm not going to give you the last name because obviously you know, be too much of a clue. This random Viking of the Week was cut by the team that drafted him. Like that season, like before the season. So he was a seventh round draft pick. And his team said, eh, not really feeling it in training camp or whatever. Well, I do appreciate the clues thus far. I, I still feel like you're tracking. I mean, this is not this oh, is not bad. simple. Sam Bradford was. Okay. Um, Despite that fact. Do you have a guess, Dex? Yeah. No? You guess okay. good? I'm okay. okay. Despite that fact. That he was cut by the team that drafted him, he did join another team and was a Pro Football Writers Association All Rookie Player that year. He made the PFWA All Rookie Team with another team that didn't draft him. But it wasn't the Vikings. Uh, it was not. He was not a rookie with the Vikings. Okay, so he gets cut after the draft as a seventh round pick. He joins a team. He actually has a really good rookie year. Yep. But yet his Viking career still has not started yet. And then eventually he became a four-time Pro Bowler. This random Viking of the Week is, according to the internet, very passionate about fly fishing. 
Apparently, this uh, random Viking is a spokesman for the fly fishing industry. I'll take a guess. Okay. Jared Allen? Would have been it would have been sneaky of me to Boise State. throw out the obvious, but Boise State. It is yeah, he went he K- did not play at Casey Syracuse. drafted him and kept him. Okay. Yep. I don't know so if he's huge falling out. He went to culinary college. Culinary school. Great Boise State or, or not Boise State. It was uh Idaho, wasn't it? Idaho, Idaho State. State. Yeah, I just saw oh, it on oh, Twitter the other day. That's right. You're Random right. Random college. Right. All the years of publicity right. that Idaho <laughs> Yeah. Could have gotten on Sunday Night Football college. instead. He went. Said he went to culinary yeah, college. I'd be upset if I were them. Four-time Pro Bowl player. Yep. All right. This random. I need an era. I need an era. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I was just talking to myself. This random myself. Viking of the week. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> never scored a touchdown. Never scored a touchdown. I don't even know what position he plays. This random Viking of the week played for these NFL coaches. All right? Okay. Bill Cower, Dennis Green, Mike Tice, Jeff Fisher, Steve Mariucci. How about this list? Ray Rhodes and Chuck Knoll. This is not uh, obviously. This is not in order of any sort. The coaches. It's just who he played for. It is not in order. His Cower Noel. Oh my God! So hold on. But he did not play for Mike Holmgren. He did not see no. Mike Holmgren. No, I know. Nope. I know. I know. I'm talking to myself now. I'm trying. I'm, 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 after the Bradford the debacle, no, the no. After the Bradford debacle, I'm que- I'm questioning myself. I'm still very questioning upset everything, myself. and I'm getting older too, so I'm just starting to go crazy. Okay. Um, this random Viking of the week was a two-sport athlete in college. Probably played lacrosse. Mm-hmm. It wasn't lacrosse. It wasn't lacrosse. I'm guessing it's. I know what I think I know the other sport, but I'm not going to say it because I can put Judd on the. You can ask. I'll let you ask. The track oh, and field. I mean, it's up to you. Track and field. Not track and field. Okay, never mind. Okay. Actually, this is a weird fact. This random Viking of the week actually lived in Canada during his final two seasons, and would commute back and forth from Canada to play for his team. Was he a Canadian native? Like, was he born in Canada? He was not born in Canada. I need, okay. I need side of the ball. I need. I I gotta have side of the ball here eventually. I'll give you the second. Because no touchdowns means nothing unless I know what side of the ball he's on. The second sport well, was soccer. So- okay. Gary Anderson. We have a guess. Let's yeah. go! Oh, oh nice. Gary Anderson. No, uh, man, nice. Darn it. Nice. I thought nice he was a fly that. fisher. That was the clue that honestly was putting me on. I was like, I think Gary Anderson's posted pictures about fly fishing. I'm dead serious. I oh but then I needed more clues to back that up. I'm dead serious. That's great. I thought that was just a throwaway clue, but I'm glad that it, it triggered something for you. Mm. Uh, he was also the last player to wear a one-bar face mask. Yeah. He was yes. He was grandfathered in with the one-bar yep. face mask. So his last two years, the Tennessee Titans kicker got hurt twice, and they would just fly him in from Canada to kick in the games. I knew. He oh, I don't even know if he went to practice. They were just, he, he was like, I'm 45, and I have kids and live in Canada. They're like, we'll just, just come, in, come in for the games. Right. And if you can kick a 38-yarder, that's fine. And he's like, eh, 38's a little tough for me, uh, but maybe like 37 or 39. So Gary Anderson, one of the greatest kickers, maybe the greatest kicker in NFL history. Yeah, yeah, not in these parts. He's not known as that, but yeah, that's. Pro- that's, that's <laughs> I don't know. Cool. I, I didn't know the Pro Bowl. I knew he was, you know, made at least one in '98 because he was perfect that year. But I didn't know it'd be four. But uh, yeah, so who I mean, cut, who cut him? Pittsburgh, the Bills, or the Bills. So Pittsburgh, he, Pittsburgh was his first oh, yeah. team for okay. God, no, you know, 1982 through the mid or like the mid. I had no. I, I did. I didn't remember that. And then he got to the Vikings in, what, 1998, I think. And then he he was perfect. He was the only kicker to ever 
be perfect as a field goal kicker and extra points in 1998 until the yep. one miss yeah, in that's the what, 98 championship game. That's the clip. Mm-hmm. Summerall hasn't missed all year. Hasn't so missed stands, all year. There's the reason he won't miss here. Wide left. Uh, and he missed. <laughs> Man. Well, uh, congratulations to Declan on go, his hard-fought <laughs> victory. It's now three wins out of the last four for me and Declan. We got Judd on the ropes here. Yeah. Uh, that edition of Random Viking of the Week, also presented by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around almost as long as Gary Anderson, helping businesses. Actually, they've been around longer, for over 100 years. Uh, helping businesses maximize their level of success through risk management, tools, and resources. You can find at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. So, okay, there we go. We got a new, a new Kirk, comfortable Kirk. Mm-hmm. He's daggering teams late in halves. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys can always send in your comments for tomorrow's Feedback Friday through the Score North app. And also, uh, we're always perusing the, the YouTube comment section as well. And we'd love to see as many of you as possible over at First Round Inside Mall of America on Sunday for the Purple Daily Surly Watch Party. See you guys. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up-to-the-minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.